from the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask hockey shops present College Hockey West Live. Behind the Masks, College Hockey West Live is brought to you by Peterson Toyota. College graduate, member of the military, then you might be eligible for a special rebate or discount. See us at petersontoyota.com. Top Golf. Let us help you reimagine your next business meeting or team building event. See your regional center or go to topgolf.com. The NCHC and nchc.tv. Subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Jets Pizza. Whether it's our legendary Detroit-style square or New York-style thin crust, Jets Pizza is better because it has to be. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, whether it's Las Vegas or any of our other worldwide properties, an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations. Liberty University, play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey at liberty.edu. M-Drive, natural support for men looking to increase energy, strength, and drive. Always free delivery at mdriveformen.com. Summer skates, whether our original red or new black shower shoes, show your game and style at summerskates.com. And by College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. College Hockey West Live from the Summer Skate Studios presented by Behind the Mask as a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, to another episode of College Hockey West Live. Scott Strandy with you tonight, um, podcasting from a car, a bit under the weather. Let's call it a full body, um, <laughs> a full body injury that I'm uh, dealing with. But my co-host, as always, Paul Hornstein on Long Island, New York, is in a hundred percent condition. He's all good. He's good to go, folks. So, Paul, how are you tonight? Well, let's just say we're all under the weather all the time. If you're above the weather, we're in space somewhere. We need oxygen tanks. Yeah, well, uh, okay. Uh, I'm just saying, I just, you know. Try and make me laugh when I can't swallow or do anything of the sort. Is oh, not wow. a good not a good recipe, but thanks for no. trying, my friend. <laughs> well, we have to keep we have to keep the listeners oh, entertained. Goodness gracious, I'll keep them entertained for certain tonight because I don't feel the greatest. Uh, um, <laughs> we'll go as long as we can. I'm not coming for, to you from a Mullet Arena tonight, but Stephen Marsh is first time there, um, <laughs> so he got to experience the. Uh, uh, what should I say? The pageantry that is Mullet Arena with the outside experience well, and coming through the loading dock to get in nice. and then finding himself uh, sitting at the top of the lower bowl uh, to do his uh, work for us uh, as well, the Golden Knights and the Coyotes uh, do battle at Mullet. The bowl. There's no lower bowl. There is only one bowl. Okay. <laughs> one. Um, well, and supposedly... <laughs> And I haven't seen any video, and I, I assume they are um, wearing that new yeah. third jersey. Yeah, them new that, beautiful ones. They, and and no, I, no. I understand they left the purses in the locker room. Stop it! <laughs> right, there's there's only there is nothing. Well, I shouldn't say there's nothing wrong with that jersey. Um, it could be it it I it is a very solid. Uh, third alternative, whatever the phrase is, because there's so many third phrases jersey. now for not the main kits that I can't keep track. Um, uh, I could use with a little bit less of the maze white lines uh, around the arms and in the That's armpits. That's what goes with the purse. No, no. I mean, I like the font a lot. I love that color. Um, I'm just not a fan of stuff going up the sides and on sleeves and they got cactuses on, on one side of their pants. Is that going fine? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and not, they got designer listen, socks. Listen, stop, stop, stop. First of all, the high heels are next. Whatever. First of all, nobody goes out and buys hockey pants to wear on the street. So who cares? <laughs> Only you would say that. 
But who cares? <laughs> I'm Forget just telling you what they had. Whatever. Nobody cares about the. I mean, it matters if you when you're on the ice. Yeah. But they're not selling hockey pants for you to walk around the street on. <laughs> not yet. They might have. No, and, and, anyway. and if you saw somebody walking around the streets with hockey pants on, I'd shoot a puck at them. Um, I don't know about shooting a puck at them, but <laughs> Check I would definitely maybe a tranquilizer or something because there's clearly, <laughs> you know, unless they're walking from their car to a rink. I mean, I don't know. I that just. I, I, that's, I guess, one fashion trend that uh, I must clearly have missed because. Um, I'm just yeah, telling no. you, I didn't say anybody was wearing them on the street or that they were even selling them. I just said that they have a cactus on one side of the pant and they've got some designer socks and they've right. got a designer NHL jersey. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I didn't think you would. Um, the uh, original. Uh, and I don't realize it's a different sport, but the original the original Charlotte Hornets uniforms were designed by a fashion designer. I mean, so what? Okay. You might not have liked the combination of teal and purple, but how, how many championships did they win? The Charlotte Hornets. How many jerseys did they sell? That's what they care about. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we know exactly why the Coyotes are doing it. Well, that's why they're all doing it. I mean, seriously. I mean, that's why I, they're all I doing it. I asked Stephen if he could verify two things for me tonight because he's drinking the Kool-Aid. He loves it. He loves the arena. He thinks it's fantastic. Oh. Uh, so anyway, um, I, I asked him, I said, can you verify uh, the attendance and make sure that they didn't add 14,400 seats after I left there last night? And secondly is, can you verify that it's definitely the loudest arena in the NHL? Because I've been told that multiple times, that it's not even close either, I was told. It's well, the loudest arena. But it, Steven coming from Vegas, he said it's not the loudest arena. You could verify that. Well, and listen, he said I, they did not add 14,400 seats. So the 14,000 or the 4,600 seats that are available to sit in, he he estimates that about four thousand of them are actually being sat in. Okay, well, first of all, this is the NHL, folks. It's a college arena. It was never meant to host the NHL. I know, but there's an NHL team playing in there for five years. Yeah, oh, they'll be in Tulsa soon. <laughs> anyway, I just had to get that in there because um, I was at the games this weekend where Arizona State and RIT, and I told you before I went there, Paul, that I was – hold on a minute. Good thing there's a cough button. Anyway, wow, uh, anyway, I was saying that I, I wanted to see RIT because you know me. I've been screaming about cross-pollination, and, uh, boy, RIT showed me something. Um, first and foremost – they are the most, um, how do I say this correctly? Um, not just structured, but they are, they have the ability to find perfect spacing almost the entire game, uh, in their own zone, in the attack zone, at neutral ice. Um, and for those of you that are listening that, that don't understand the spacing part of hockey, time and space are the two most critical things that a hockey team needs if they want to be successful. So if you space yourself correctly in all three zones, that allows you to, when you get the puck, have what? Time and space. And it makes it very, very hard on the opposition to defend against speed, time, and space. So uh, were they the fastest team I've seen? No. no. But were they so well-structured and so well-spaced that it made up for it? Absolutely. So I asked Coach Wayne Wilson, who, by the way, coached his 800th NCAA game last night. And uh, I joked with him because I got it wrong. I said, uh, 800 wins. And he, he looked at me and smiled. He goes, he goes, I wish. And I said, well, I'm just, I'm just foreshadowing a little bit for you. Kind of wishing that you're going to get the 800. I said, I hope I'm around to see it. He goes, well, first of all, no offense, but you won't be around and neither will I. <laughs> <laughs> So congratulations for to Wayne for playing along with my little joke. But uh, anyway, 800 games is still uh, 
just to be a part of is is incredible. So um, what a great job. He said it's always important when it's a milestone game to get a win, and that's what the Tigers did. Well, they have a, a, a really, really solid team. Okay, Are they going to blow you away skill-wise and talent-wise? No, they're not that other Maroon gold team. They're not the team that didn't play Western Michigan last year. They're not, um, you know, they're not BU or BC. Okay. But what they are is very solid team year after year after year. Um, They have a nice blend of youth and experience, especially on the back end. And their goalie, Tommy Scarfoni, because he's playing at RIT, is is not going to get the credit he deserves for being the goalie that he is. And, and by the way, they play both goalies, and Coach reminded me of that. He goes, we, "You saw both of our goaltenders, um, right. no, I, and they're both it. good." I um, get it, but but let's 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 be real. When you played twenty four games and one guy has played twenty, yeah, there's a clear number one. And I'm yeah. I'm not just talking about this past weekend in terms of 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 what they do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm talking about in general for the season and and, and 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 so forth and so on. And like I said, they're 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 a very blended team of youth and experience. They're they have some depth. You know, they're they they may like I said, they may not be some they may not be Denver in terms of how deep they are, but they are balanced. They go two or three lines. You know that that are equal in, in in ability, and I know that doesn't sound like much. I I don't want to make it sound like a backhand compliment because it's not. Okay, um, and they do this year after year, and you know, uh, Wilson is a great coach, and you have to be to coach eight hundred games because you think about that. Right. This is, um, you know, like year 25 or whatever the heck it is. Yeah. He started, you know, his first season at RIT was 1999-2000. So, um, and they have plenty of appearances in the NCAA tournament. Okay. Um, you know they 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 haven't been there for a while, but we know how crazy college hockey has been. Um, but he's averaging, you know, a trip to the NCAA tournament, winning the conference every four or five years, and right now they're fighting for an at-large bid. Yeah, and that might here. be that might be the talk ball uh, as we talked about last year. We said, when is it going to be that there's going to be uh, an an Atlantic hockey? A team that's going to get the at-large bid um, in addition to a tournament option or bid. Well, you know, as we sit here and we look at the various uh, pairwise things there, they are that close to being, um, to getting an at-large if they don't win the tournament. Now, the problem they might have is if they don't win the conference tournament, their 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 chance for an at large bid because they'll have lost a game or two at some point along the way might cost them you know that that chance for an at large bid but right now they're 17 and they are nipping at the heels of UConn and Notre Dame and Minnesota State and even Michigan State who are in you know, are at 13, 14, 15, and 16. And maybe even Michigan Tech, who's at 12 right now. Well, it's just keep winning, baby. Well, just that's Just win, it, right? baby. Just keep winning. <laughs> you know, or just win, baby. Um, you know, and they're dealing with all those teams that are as right As long as they them. can win tonight. Yep, just win tonight. Ah, there we go. Everybody get the herb out of you. Right. Um, <laughs> tonight. But Merrimack is right behind them, and Omaha is right behind them, and Providence. And, you know, you go all the way down to the to Alaska at 21, and Fairbanks is kind of, that's like the next big gap between them at 21 and, and Lowell at, at, at 22. 
So it's it's really, really um, right there for RIT. Um, they won, you know, uh, obviously the, the way ASU's playing, that those games probably didn't help them as much as they would have liked. But you win two games on the road, and that always helps. And they have their next three games on the road. And actually, they have a lot of games on the road coming up. So they're really going to be battle-tested. They play next weekend at Holy Cross and have a home-and-home the weekend after that with Canisius, who might be tired from all the traveling they're going to have to do. Right, because Rochester and Buffalo are pretty close, and that's where Canisius is. Right, and then, you know, so they have a lot of road games coming up that can help them boost that pairwise number. Yeah, absolutely. Very well, solid team. Let Let me say this, and and we'll get into this a little bit uh, more in depth here in just a minute. But uh, I watched. Um, three teams over the last two weekends closely. I was in attendance. That would be Arizona State. That would be Minnesota State. That would be RIT. Um, and what I noticed that was glaring, and I'm not sure if this is coaching or if this is players, but you and I have talked about it off the air. Um, Minnesota State made adjustments when they were either ahead in the game or behind in the game. They made in-game adjustments. I think you heard my interview with Mike Hastings last week where he mentioned, you know, I was glad to see that, that our goaltender kept us in the first period and allowed us to settle down and make some changes between the first and the second. And that got us the opportunity to win the hockey game. Um, but Wayne Wilson also told me that. I'm not sure if he said it on, on camera or off, but he said our ability to make some adjustments and change the momentum of the game gave them the advantage. And I think that's where the Sun Devils are hurting right now. And I'm not sure... If that that rests on the the shoulders of the coaches, or if it rests on the shoulders of the players, um, but whatever, they're they're not making the adjustments needed. ASU played a really good first period last night. Yeah, I don't know what uh, happened after that. I I thought that that was turning the corner, and then the second and third period they just kind of reverted. And I, I guess part of it would come from RIT, but but also you know. You, when, on your home ice, you, you get a two nothing lead. You gotta you gotta find a way to win that game. Um, yeah, well, somehow, some way. This is this is uh, how I'm. This is what I've noticed, and you know, maybe this is this basically uh, got away, or or not got away, but but just kind of not by me not factored in at the beginning of the season. They've got some experience, but there's not a lot of guys on this team that have gone through or, you know, or you would sit here and be like, these had kind of time to adjust to being leaders. And I'm not trying to put that on anybody. But I will sit there and 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 say that that because talent wise we know there's talent there. And I don't think anybody disputes that. But I think we just expected them to win automatically and not learn how to win. Like those earlier teams did. Yeah. yeah I, think you're, I think you're 100% right. And I think you add the pressure of being in a brand new building with more fans than you've ever experienced before in the program. And uh, you're bringing in some top, top. We talked about this at nauseum during the summer when we saw the schedule. We said, how is this going to work? These are some really, really tough teams coming in. I mean, probably one of the top five toughest schedules in all of college hockey I'm when it's sure. said and done. Yeah. If, if not the toughest, because you've had games against North Dakota, Minnesota, Denver, Minnesota State. 
Minnesota Duluth, Bemidji State. I mean, just look at at the end of the year, Paul, we're going to go back and look and we're going to say, hey, how many teams did ASU play that's a tournament team? How many out of those 16 did they actually play uh, this season? And you're going to go, oh, my goodness, that was a schedule and a half. But, okay, let's do this. Let's play uh, my conversation with uh, Wayne Wilson, the head coach at RIT, and uh, and then we'll come back and, and discuss what we hear. So here it is, uh, Wayne Wilson, the head coach. Um, game number 800 was Saturday night at Mullet Arena. Here in the desert with the uh, RIT uh, Tigers, and I've got head coach Wayne Wilson with me. Coach, first of all, win number 800. Congratulations, that's a great milestone. Well, it's game number 800. I wish it was one. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize. I gotta give you a head start. Game number 800. Yeah, but it is it is nice to win. You know, if you're gonna play a milestone game, it's nice to win, anyways. All right, so it's it's game number 800, but a nice series win. Tell me a little bit about this team because I watched you guys from afar. I thought you played really well, and I thought you were so disciplined in both zones and uh, all three zones, actually. But tell me about Tiger hockey. Well, you know, I, I think this year in particular, uh, we've got strong goaltending. You saw both of them on display here this weekend. We've got great balance uh, up front and, and on defense. Uh, and really, everyone contributes. It's, it's hard to, you know, everyone's going to look at who's your lead goal scorer, but we've got a lot of other guys right behind them, and, uh, you know, it's hard to know who's going to get the next goal or who's going to make the next big play. So we're, we're, we're lucky that we've got great balance. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about teams, this is a true team uh, just with uh, everyone being involved. And, and you saw that again on the score sheet here tonight. Tell me a little bit about parity in college hockey right now. I, I think it's never been better. Am I close on that? Yeah, it, it, you know, it's tough to win. It's tough to win two games. You know, I, I think the norm is splits every weekend, and I think any team that uh, is able to win two games really kind of makes up ground, whether it's in their league standings, whether it be national rankings, whatever the case may be, it, it makes a big difference uh, trying to win two, but it is awfully tough. And, and tonight we got ourselves behind the eight ball, but uh, I thought we kept ourselves within striking distance, and I think that was uh, the important thing, and then we took it from there. Speaking of striking distance, you guys seem to uh, find ways to capture the opportunity, if that makes sense. Every time you get a, get a quality scoring chance, it seems to go on the net. Yeah, we did a good job with that, and I thought the other part was really our penalty killing um, all weekend yeah. long. I thought they did a great job. So. Um, you know, with your penalty killing, it starts with your goaltending, but when your penalty killers are doing such a good job and uh, preventing goals on uh, giving uh, the other team some good opportunities, then I think uh, it's a little deflating for the opposition when you, you score that timely goal. And uh, I think we took advantage of that tonight more than, more than anything. It's just getting timely goals, big uh, penalty kills, and, and some big stops by goal. You know, one thing that I noticed with your team was you create a lot of time and space. I thought your spacing was incredible. Um, I've seen a lot of hockey games recently, and uh, I thought you were one of the best at spacing. Is that something you guys work on, or is it just natural with your talent? Yeah, well, we work on a lot of different things, and uh, <laughs> we're far from perfect. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it's a, it's a team, and it's easy to say, but when you're having success, uh, I think you can lean on your team a little harder, and uh, they want to continue to learn because they're winning, and it's, it's a, a good culture, you know. But uh, I think if you're losing, it's, it's a little bit more difficult because there's there's doubt, and uh, it's hard to. Sometimes it's not the best teaching environment. So uh, we got to take advantage of uh, of us just wanting to get better, and our team wants to get better, and everything. So we're working on all parts of our game, and we never get short of things to work on, and uh, we we just want to continue in that. Long trip from Rochester all the way to uh, Tempe, Arizona, but not a bad time to come out in January, right? No, it's been uh, great. We just started school, but we left Wednesday, which which I think really benefited us coming in Wednesday night. It wasn't such a rush Thursday to all of a sudden that first game's on you before you know it because you're trying to get through airports, you're trying to get a practice in, you're eating late uh, meal and so on. So I thought that helped us uh, out quite a bit on this particular weekend and uh, just a, kind of a good to get away from the grind of your own league as well. So sure. I thought that was good and uh, and uh, we haven't had a lot of success. I mean, we're 0 for 6 coming into this weekend, so at least we got a, a little bit back. but. Uh, Arizona State's, uh, Greg's put together a great program, and, and now with this facility, obviously that made a big difference. I think that old rink was a, a big home ice advantage. It wasn't it was. very encouraging to people, but uh, our, our guys were excited to play here uh, and the opportunity to play here, and, and so it was a great trip for us, obviously. 
So just the environment of hockey in the desert, it's growing a lot. Um, hopefully we're going to grab some more teams, but just your thoughts on coming out here, what the environment was, the fan environment, all of that. Yeah, no, they've done a great job here putting everything together and to uh, capture the fans' uh, attention and interest. I thought that was great. Uh, uh, and it's amazing how many people I know out here. We we had so much. We had a great fan base of uh, parents and friends that followed us. But just as big was just the number of people that are hockey people that are living out here that came over to visit old friends and uh, a lot of acquaintances and and a lot of hockey people. So uh, I really hope it grows out here. And uh, obviously with a guy like Matthews in the NHL, I'm sure that's uh, uh, the pride and joy of, of the valley. And uh, so, we're, you know, I, I think there's a lot of growth coming here and, uh, and hopefully the, the Coyotes can get uh, their rink, a uh, new rink, and, uh, and they can build off of all of this. Coach, congratulations on game number 800. I hope I'm around to see win number 800. I don't think you're going to be around. I, I don't think I'll be around for win 800, but uh, I do appreciate, uh, uh, you know, just coaching uh, and uh, really enjoy uh, what I do. Coach, appreciate it. Safe travels back home, okay? Thank you. All right. That's uh, Coach Wayne Wilson of the RIT Tigers, uh, Rogers, Rochester Institute of Technology. Paul, that roster was loaded with Canadian talent. Um, really? I think they had two or three players um, that were American-born, and I know at least two of them were from Alaska. So well, uh, they recruit pretty well in Canada, and apparently they like RIT. Well, first of all, uh, we have to remember that uh, Rochester is right up there near Buffalo. And what's uh, on the other side of that lake? Uh, more snow. Canada? <laughs> you know, so it's it's not like, you know, you get a kid going to ASU from or Lindenwood from Canada because that's that's practically, you know, uh a trip from from the valley to that place that we don't like to mention and you know a couple hundred miles to the south and you know so it's not you know getting a kid from ontario is not that big you know is not a shock no no but i'm telling you uh, paul there were players from all over canada western canada no, eastern I get canada it. I central canada that. i um, i get it and i'll i'll tell you in the media section um, we were filled with fans the other night, and one of the fans sitting next to uh, Brevin Monroe, who is our guest tomorrow night, um, happened to be the mother of Mr. Andrew, who uh, got the game-winning goal last night, and she was talking up a storm about uh, RIT and the fact that uh, they had a lot of Canadian players and they enjoyed coming down here to the desert and uh, enjoyed some nice weather. Um, right. Well, let's 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 stop here for a second. I said first they needed all, to come down in, in July and see if the weather was still just as nice. First of all, it is, but that's not the point here. Um, you know, we talk about uh, from a business perspective. You know, where ASU should end up as far as a league is concerned. Big Ten. You know, uh, I, I I will maintain that. Big Ten that uh, they need to be in their own league, but that's not from a business perspective. Big 10. I don't think. Yeah, I understand. I, I've been telling you that forever. I'm doesn't agreeing with you now. Big 10. Doesn't mean that's where I think they should go, but that's where I think they're going to end up, at least to start with. That'll um, be the eighth team in the whipping, boy. Well, and, 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 I, and I will have a caveat here. They expand the tournament to 32 teams. That changes the dynamics. But that being said, um, and 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 we seem and I used to have this argument all the time when I was in school. There seem to think that people from wait a minute, there were other people in school with you back in the late eighties. Uh, I, I know that's shocking, but yes. Yeah, it is kind of shocking. <laughs> it's kind of you know we had we had telephone, not mobile, not cell phones, but we had TVs and we had radios Whoa. and cars. I was, and I was told that, that when I was told that when you were broadcasting, it was tin cans with a with like a string between them. Well, it was. 
but that's not who still <laughs> Did had you cut tape, by the way? Yes. <laughs> We're going to ask Brevin about that tomorrow when he's on because he's right. an ASC tape. student right now. <laughs> tape, what are you talking about? What's tape? Um, but the point is, as I was trying, I used to argue or get into heated discussions okay, about the quote-unquote demographic breakdown of the Valley of the Sun. And, you know, and, and all I kept hearing about is, well, uh, Illinois and, 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 and Indiana and Iowa and Illinois and Minnesota, Minnesota and, and North Dakota. Michigan. Well, no, I didn't really get too many people from North Dakota, to be honest. They didn't come out till the oil boom hit North Dakota. And then everybody bought houses out here. But anyway, um, and that was despite the actual evidence that there were just as many people there from the East Coast and just as many people there from Canada. Here's a, you know, it, they might not necessarily the Canadian transplants and and y- you know those people that only go down for six months. What? I know to Arizona. Shocking. Yeah, I know. And take advantage of the nice weather and don't pay taxes, those people? Uh, no, I no. We won't get into the political part of this, but um, <laughs> just checking. But there are plenty of expat Canadians and plenty of Canadian people in the Valley of the Sun on a regular basis. Your point so, being? Well, no, my point being is that. You know, when Coach Wilson talks about he was shocked, that's because he didn't know. <laughs> he doesn't hang out here long enough. Uh, no. He hasn't been here all that many times. So, right. uh, so. okay, let's, let's do this because we got so much more to talk about, or at least you do because my voice is about gone. Right. Um, anyway, let's take a quick break. Let's come back because we got more games. I, I said in the tease of the show that it's a crazy NCAA weekend and it was full blown craziness. We'll be right back. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goal. He scores. Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr. He scores. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of summer skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine, then air dry overnight and they're ready for their next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. From the nation's best college hockey conference, Access exclusive on-demand content and watch more than 140 live games. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. 
on your phone, computer, or stream to your TV. Your favorite team is on NCHC.TV. When you can't be there, be here. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at NCHC.TV. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on NCHC.TV. Question? Comment? Let us hear from you on our text message line at 303-943-3772. All right. Welcome back in, College Hockey fans, to College Hockey West Live. It's our Sunday night reaction show where Paul Hornstein and myself, Scott Strandy, will uh, react to what's happening over the past weekend in NCAA hockey, especially with our seven Teams in our coverage area. I am broadcasting tonight live from Chandler, Arizona. My co-host is always out on Long Island, New York, and that palatial estate, which I understand um, had some issues today. I, I'm blaming it on the servants. Well, uh, yeah, well, let me know if you find any servants because I don't know <laughs> if they exist. I don't know anything about them. Somebody wasn't paying attention, and, and they let the power go out with you. Uh, that had to be fun. All I know is, all I know is it was about... 10.30 this morning, and I'm getting ready to make some breakfast, and I have an electric stove and toaster oven and all that other Paul, let, let's go stuff. backwards a minute here. 10.30? You were starting to make breakfast? Um, yeah, it, <laughs> maybe it was earlier than that. I don't know. I have to look at my phone. Um, I'm sorry. I just was wondering what you were doing the rest of the time. I think it might have actually been earlier. Okay, gotta, that's I, good. I feel better now. The the dog usually w- wakes me up on Saturdays and Sundays because, like, um, what are you still doing in bed? Let's go. Get out. Get up. You know, pay attention to me. I got to love it. Whatever I was doing, um, I was, em- you know, because, and I got to have things in a certain order. I gotta empty the dishwasher first if it's full. Um, or I gotta, And I got to clean the sink out and. You know, if there's dishes in it, I can't start making myself breakfast in the morning without doing that first. And all of a sudden, I hear boom, boom. And everything goes out. I'm like, rut row. That's not good. Um, and, you know, I, Lord knows I give the local electric company all kinds of crap on a regular basis. <laughs> I'm shocked. Uh, well, you can go back to Hurricane Sandy and how they didn't do nearly as much damage to my house as the hurricane didn't do nearly as much damage as that the electric company did. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't even laugh because that's not funny, but uh, well, goodness. Dude, I, anyway, I, I, so I you always, lost power for a half hour or so, right? About an hour. About an hour. About, about an hour. Yeah, and they were right on it. That's why I have to give them credit. I have to give them credit. Uh, right we should have had the servants fire up that uh, big old uh, generator you got in the backyard. Yeah, let me know if you find any servants because I haven't seen <laughs> any, and I've been here for 20-plus years. Okay. I'll let um, you know. Yeah. So anyway. So, um, all right. So, so we, we got through uh, Arizona State falling twice to the Tigers, but they weren't the only team in our coverage area that fell twice this weekend. Um, so let's jump, first of all, to the Denver Pioneers who struggled mightily um, against St. Cloud State in that big ice service, which I did not see coming at all, Paul. Well, I don't think anybody saw it coming. Um, I think our buddy Chris Bay, right? That's Let's go DU, right? That's That's the... That's Chris, right? Uh, nope, nope. That would be Nick Tremioli. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, let's I, go to you. Chris is Air Force, right? Yeah, well, Chris is also Denver, but he's Magnus Mayhem. Oh, okay. I, well, I knew it was one of those. Um, he actually put out a, uh, a stat that I guess he researched and talked about Denver's struggles on the big ice. And that just amazes me it's with that shocking. speed. With that it, speed. Yeah, it shocked the heck out of me. And, you know, and, and um, it clearly affected their penalty killing as St. Cloud got three power play goals on Friday night. Um, obviously, David Carl is not going to be was not going to be too happy that he gave up five power plays. OK. Um, and. You know, when when you give up three power play goals, it's hard to win. I don't care who you are. Okay. And yep. then 
you know, the next night on Saturday uh, was a much, you know, that game on Friday was a 7-3 score. Uh, the game was much tighter on Saturday. Um, there were eight shots combined in the first period. You know, um, but once again, St. Claude got a power play goal, one out of two on the power play for the night. Um, and Denver just, you know, barely got to, barely got to 20 shots for the night. And, you know, St. Cloud had their number. And, and, and now they've actually made the NCHC regular season a chase. Yeah, we were talking about that last week, about how Denver could have pretty much sealed it with a sweep this weekend on the road. Or at least uh, uh, three, or, you know, three to five points, you know, winning a game in overtime. Um, and suddenly, Omaha's in it. After they swept Miami this weekend, they're only two points behind. Western is four points behind. Um, but now there's a kind of a gap now between Western and CC for fourth and fifth place. And, Let me get to that in just a minute. And so, you know, all of a sudden what looked like kind of a runaway for Denver is not. And we're going to see, and we, you know, we expect Denver to, 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 to react well to the adversity as we normally expect defending champions to do. Well, they got some games coming up at home, and it starts this weekend with a one-game series. At the, well, well one game uh, against CC at Ball Arena on right. Friday night, and then they, I believe, get North Dakota coming in, and you know they get and Minnesota Duluth, I think, is coming in. So there's some there's right. some opportunity to to rebuild that lead, if you will. Right. Um, but anyway, the Pioneers struggled in St. Cloud. Um, what amazes me about this is. We've been talking about the NCHC maybe being down this year, and I was looking and I'm watching glimpses of the Tigers at Colorado College taking on uh, Western Michigan. I was thinking just how big of a series that would be for Coach Mayotte. And then I realized when it was all said and done that you were looking at a 30 team and you were, uh, you know, roughly a 30-something in the pairwise versus the number 10 team or whatever in the pairwise of the polls. Yeah. And um, Western really showed that. Even on the road at CC, they showed that they were uh, a top-10 team, in my estimation. And uh, it shows that the Tigers are close, but they're not quite there yet. Yeah. And, um, you know, so when you talk the gap between four and five, you're absolutely correct. And, goodness, if that has to be a four or five matchup again, it has to be at Western. Oh, the Tigers have a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah, there's – I yeah, and – I, I'm with you. I'm probably underestimating Western, but I don't know. I haven't seen offensively, Paul. They are really, really good. Right. Um, they score a lot of goals. Uh, they give up a lot of goals too. Exactly. That's why they're not a top five team. Right. So, um, and there definitely was uh, a lot of juggling in uh, the 16 this week. Um, mm, can't wait to see that tomorrow. Well, Ooh, tune in, folks. You know, and, Analytics and eyeballs. It's time to reveal Super 16 with our uh, special guest, Brevin Monroe. Uh, you like the way I worked that in, though, right? Nice. Good job. Good job. You're, you're a pro. Well, we all knew that. We all knew that. I don't know about that. Okay, so, so CC loses twice to Western at Ed Robeson Arena. Um the Tigers, I don't think, were really in the series the whole weekend, and that's no, no disrespect, but no. I just think they they were just overmatched this weekend. Yeah, you know, it just the, the you know that we 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 know that when you're a young team and so forth and so on, the the thing is you got to work on the consistency, and you know that's the thing that has escaped CC this year. Um, you know, one week at, one night they play really really well. The next night, they have not played nearly as well. Um, or there's one aspect of the game that costs them. 
you know, one night, maybe it's a, you know, bad night for the goalie or, or, or a bad night for the penalty kill or a bad night for the power play. Um, you know, but when you're learning and growing, that's what happens. But here's the positive of learning and growing. And this is what you can look at. They very rarely get blown out of games. I mean, they are in a lot of close games, uh, one way or the other. They either win or lose, but but they and, and they played well last weekend up at St. Cloud, and there might have been a little bit of a uh, a letdown, if the, if you will, coming back home. And you know, that emotional. That's tough. And you're playing a top team like like St. Cloud, and you're playing on that big ice surface, and you got to come back to your building, and you get this ju- offensive juggernaut that is Western Michigan, and um, you know, you see what happens. So we'll see how the Tigers rebound. It's not easy now because they've got a single game against. Uh, uh, Denver, angry Denver team, and they're going to be angry again. Oh, absolutely, they're going to be angry. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how that all plays out. Um, and then there was a series that you went to, and well, um, before we get to that, let's, let's we got something let's, else. Let's let's don't run out of time. It's eight fifteen. No, I'm aware of what time it is. We don't want to ignore the Czar, and they're split this weekend with Niagara. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they scored six goals on on. On, on Friday night, despite going 0 for 4 on the power play, um, which I'm sure that, that, that Coach Serratori had to like. Um, you know, and, and, you know, the next night, it was more of a Air Force style of game, even though they didn't win the game. Um, and it was a heartbreaker because uh, Niagara scored literally with six seconds left in regulation. So that was a very, very tough, tough loss for Air Force. Totally agree with you. you know, totally really 100% agree. They to lose a lot of games if they're going to get into that conference tournament. they got to get themselves into the tournament so they can have a chance to win the tournament. Right. <laughs> so, so that's what it comes down to. So yeah, good point. And then people were asking me, going, hey, I thought you said Paul Hornstein went to a, a weekend series this weekend. I said, oh, he did. And they go, where's the pictures? Where's the stuff? Well, I'm I have like, to figure out I'm, how to I'm, send. And I'm going like, well, here's the deal. He got caught up with Zombo before the, the game and forgot to turn the camera on and just had oh, a 45-minute no, no, conversation. Hold, then he well, brought his happen. buddy over, and, well, and then they watched the game together. Then they went in the locker room and talked with Coach Zombo afterwards, and all of a sudden Paul Hornstein realized it was Saturday, and he hadn't done anything yet. Well, stop. First of all, let's not <laughs> – Okay, let's let's back up. first of all, I got a couple of video clips and I just have to figure out how to send them to you. <laughs> if our producer is listening, she will find a way to put them in the Dropbox for you. Well, I got to well, I have but I have to send them first. No, no, she'll show you how to put it in the Dropbox, how to send it in there. Well, she better have a master's degree in in teaching stupid people because she works with me all the time. Of course, oh, she's got that. Point. That's a good point. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, a couple of different things, uh, and you know, hopefully, uh, let's not bury the lead. Though, congratulations, LIU, because you really played, from what I hear, uh, two outstanding games against a very good Lindenwood team that keeps getting better every weekend. Well, you know, it's funny because uh, as on on Friday afternoon. Um, I thought Lindenwood dominated the, the not I don't want to say dominated, but they got LIU to play their style. They got LIU to play their kind of game, an up and down, wide open sort of game that you would think would have favored Lindenwood on the scoreboard. Um, it however did not as as you know, LIU managed to keep them uh, I don't want to say off the scoreboard, but but they, you know, they did um, uh, manage the game very well. Okay. Um, it was a back and forth game, and you know, LIU got a power play goal that you know was 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 helped them out, and it was a weird, weird. Um, circumstance on on friday night as uh the overtime started uh liu was on the power play i was uh shorthanded so lindenwood had a power play 
uh, for the first minute of the overtime. And the they have the opening face-off of the overtime, and and one of the kids on LIU stick breaks. And I think that caught the Lindenwood players so off guard. They had a four-on-two and just kind of were like, okay, wait a second here. And by the time they realized it, you know, LIU would replace the one player um, and eventually scored the game winner um, late in the overtime with about 45 seconds left. Um, but I thought the game was played at Lindenwood's pace and Lindenwood's style. Uh, they just got beat. Um, but once again, very good game. Very, you know, very solid game on both ends. Very entertaining. Um, it was a little closer to LIU style on, on Saturday on Saturday night. Um, as the game went back. That, and that forth. was night, folks, not tonight. Yeah, Saturday night. Um, and we're, we're everybody know, listens for that now. By the way, do they? No. They yeah, they all want to hear when you say the Herb Brooks tonight. Stop it! You just want to hear it. They don't. They don't. <laughs> no, um, people people want to hear it. Yeah, no, they don't. But anyway. There's a little Herbie on Long Island. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but another entertaining game. Uh, 70 shots between both teams. Uh, but LIU with two power play goals as compared to Lindenwood's one. And, you know, uh, they won the series. They, they, they swept the series, basically. So let but, me say this. I asked Coach Wilson about parity. Parity is coming along even in the newest teams of uh, some of the newest teams in NCAA hockey um, parody is creeping up and they're starting to be um, forces against not only the young teams, but also the experienced teams. We've seen both Lindenwood and LIU do it this year. So was there really any surprise that the games would go that way, Paul? No, I'll, I, I don't, I wasn't, I was more surprised at the fact that, um, that the games were as offensively minded from an LIU standpoint than I expected, you know, having watched them probably the most of all the teams we don't cover on a regular basis. Um, they, they, they try as much as they can to keep people to the outside. And, Coach and Riley knows a little something in. about playing defense too, by the way. Well, yeah, no, and and believe me, I I got an earful on Friday on on Friday Friday late afternoon, early evening. Um, for those that don't know or have not listened to us since the beginning of time, so to speak, um, of a buddy of mine who played college hockey at Northern Michigan. And was not aware that he was actually a teammate of Rick Zombos, both in junior hockey and in the American Hockey League. And the ironic part is, my buddy lives about 10 minutes from where LIU plays. Um, and on on Friday afternoon, you know, before the, the, the Friday afternoon game, I'm sitting there kind of doing, you know, trying to get myself prepared for, for covering the game. And I didn't even notice that Lindenwood's bus pulled in. <laughs> and Zombo taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, what's going on? Uh, I'll be back in a few minutes. And so, you know, as as most of you know, I, I don't, you know, I'm stuck here in the basement. I don't really get to see a lot of our folks face to face. And I was kind of prepared to, to, to have some interview questions with coach Zombo on camera, but, um, to be honest, the conversation was so good. You didn't want anybody else to hear about it. Well, there were some things that can't be made public as you know, when you have conversations. Okay. okay. All right. And That's good. I well, eventually to... you'll figure out how to put them in the Dropbox, and we'll get them out yeah. there and let people see and... that you were actually at a game. Well, yeah, it's true. Two um, this weekend. Two this weekend, yeah. 
And, you know, I'll, I'll say this again. Uh, I happen to be at the, I happen to be sending a text message message to my buddy, Phil, who played with Zombo literally at the same time. He texted me asking me what time the game was. Great hockey minds. Think alike. Okay. And, you know, and, th- and thanks uh, very much to uh, the folks at Lindenwood. Mark Abney. Mark Abney. You know, I wanted to make sure I got, the, I got it right. Um, who were very good to us this weekend. Um, and, you know, I, I was able to bring Phil to the back. And I got to tell you that the, the smile that came on, 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 on Rick Zombo's face made the whole weekend worth it. <laughs> it, 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 you know, and I got hockey lessons. I'm listening to the two of them talk <laughs> after the game because uh, Phil coaches some youth hockey. And, and, I'm, and about three-quarters of what they were saying, I understood very, you know, just because I've been watching and dissecting the game for 50 years. And they started talking about certain things with blade edges and angle. And I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. I kind of got what they were talking about, but I had to struggle with that. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm, hey, do you remember this family and those guys and this and, and the billet families? And I'm like, holy, I go. Uh, this is great. This this that made the whole thing worth it. Um, it was a lot of fun to to be around that. Uh, Coach Zombo was great, as you know, if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis. And um, you know, uh, I asked him a question about hitting the wall uh, with, uh, with coaches, which I've never really thought theoretical wall. He didn't theoretical touch wall. any didn't wall, the, right? And then they have a fundraiser coming up in February that I asked him about um, where he and the uh, coach that started the program back in the 70s at St. Louis, Bill Selman, are going to have in February. I think that's going to be great. That's gonna oh, be I wish really, I was going to really be there, good. but not, not a too grand a, a, a pop for the table or whatever. You know, I don't have that many people I know in St. Louis. Um, <laughs> you have any that you know in St. Louis? <laughs> no, I, well, just Coach Zombo and Mark Abney. Yeah, and, and um, those two are taken care of. Yeah, I don't think they have to worry about it. So, um, but um, great conversation. Great to hear the hockey thoughts. And we talked, you know, and, and listening to them and, and myself talk about coaching, you know, in present day and, and how it's changed and different. It was just, it was just a lot of fun. And okay, so that's good to hear because we like to get you out of the basement about once a year. Once a year, that's what I. Hear. So that's and, probably it. And I also want to thank the folks at LIU who welcomed me with open arms. Uh, told them hopefully I'll get back for one of the Alaska series. I think that's because you're wearing a jacket that said Ice Time Hockey West on it. Well, I was, and actually, <laughs> I was surprised that the rink was not was was very comfortable. I expected it to be much colder. Yeah. I had extra Come to mullet. With me. Come to mullet. Well, yeah, we don't it, think you have to worry about the quite weather. Quite a bit colder at mullet. Well, that's fine. Is it I? Is it Oceanside cold? Getting there. <laughs> it's getting there. I was. I, I had a jacket on, and I was freezing Friday night. Well, and right, Saturday night wasn't so much of a problem because we were surrounded by people. Well, that's good. So that kind of kept us all warm. All right. So... Okay. Anyway, so that was the weekend. Um, not what I, a lot of wins for the teams we cover. No. Maybe they don't want us around. I don't know. Um, both Alaska schools were off. Um, I do want to quickly games, go through these pairwise real quick, Paul, before we end. because you want to save that for tomorrow? No, not the pairwise. I just want people to know we'll put that out like we normally do on a Monday. But right. um, I want to throw it out there right now because people were asking me, you know, what, what are the chances of this, that, the other thing? Well, first of all, Denver fell to number five in the pairwise, even though they still have the most wins in college hockey at 19-7-0. and 0. Uh, They still dropped the five. Um the new number one team in the pairwise, I guess they're not new. They've been there all year. Minnesota, St. Cloud 2, Penn State 3, Quinnipiac 4, Denver 5, Boston U 6. And I'm going to stop right okay. there because I don't want to talk about the other two teams. 
Anyway, um, we'll go back to the rest of our teams. And you go down to 21, you see the Alaska Fairbanks Nanooks uh, at 21. Right within striking uh, distance. Yep, absolutely. Um, then you have to go to 33 to find Colorado College. And then here's the unfortunate part for all of our listeners here in the great state of Arizona. Arizona State has fallen all the way, Paul, to 42 yeah, no, in the pairwise. Ouch. Yeah. And they will get a matchup this weekend against St. Thomas, who was in at 45. And good for them this weekend. That's going to be way. challenging. Um, St. Thomas had a really good weekend uh, this past weekend. That they, 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 I don't think they've won had too many weekends where uh, they won two in a row. Um, they had a big upset win earlier. They're fired up over that new building. Ho, 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 yeah. Well, we've talked about that too. Um, and you know, we've had you know they they won two in a row and then lost in a shootout uh, this week this weekend. You know, beating uh, Michigan Tech at Michigan Tech and beating Bowling Green at home the, right after the announcement and. You know, played a tie against Bowling Green. Also, um, as they brought on an extra attacker to to get a goal. Did Bowling Green um, to tie the game, send it into overtime? So, um, I'm not a fan of shootouts, as we know. Play an extra five minutes of three on three. Um, and then ended in tie. If it's not decided. Right. If they don't score, then it's a tie. Let's play right. enough of this shootout nonsense because it's stupid. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, the aforementioned LIU in at 52. I thought I better throw them out there. Then Alaska Anchorage at 54. Lindenwood down at 59. And the shocker to me, Paul, I know they're having a terrible year, but the Air Force Falcons tied with Lake Superior at number 60 in the pairwise. That only yeah. leaves Stonehill, who's yeah, well. played one game lower in the pairwise and, and I just my heart hurts for yeah, uh for Frank Saratori and the Falcons because they they're just you know they had such a good optimistic feeling coming into this yeah. year and they just Absolutely. haven't been able to get it together. Nope, they haven't unfortunately. Uh they've got about two or three weeks to get it together if they're going to have a shot uh to be in the conference tournament. So Okay, well, I'm going to try to recover from my full body injury and uh, see if I'm in better shape tomorrow night when our guest will be uh, Brevin Munro, a Minnesota kid who uh, went to two years of school at St. Cloud State and now is finishing up his second year at Arizona State. Uh, a hockey nut, wants to work in hockey any capacity uh, when he graduates from the Cronkite School. So uh, Brevin and I have sat next to each other quite a bit at Arizona okay. State, and we've gotten to make... Uh, a pretty good friendship together. So I invited him to come on the show because I thought um, people are tired of just hearing us. Yeah. Well, he followed St. Cloud State the year that they went to the uh, the Frozen Four in the championship right. game. He covered them all the way up. He wasn't allowed to go because of COVID to the Frozen right. Four, but he covered them in the regional. So he's got some experience on that end of it. And with St. Cloud climbing the ranks, as we'll find out uh, tomorrow in the Super 16, I thought he might be a good guest. And then he's also got a really unique perspective, um, not so unique, I guess, because him and I are pretty much the same on Arizona State this whole year. But uh, he's he's been real close to the program all year, covering it for Inferno. Is that what it's called, Paul? Uh, okay. I, 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 anyway, we'll ask we'll ask Brevin tomorrow. But yeah. anyway, so I think he's going to bring some really good insight, and especially on analytics and eyeballs, because he's really focused on uh, the statistics and stuff like that. So oh, we'll give it. We'll get a good feel from from Brev on that, okay. and um, we'll have him on tomorrow night. All right. Take it away, my All friend. Right. From the Summer Skate Studios behind the mask, College Hockey West Live on the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network, brought to you by Desert Toyota of Tucson. No gimmicks, no games. Just a great car and a great experience. Find us at DesertToyota.com or at 7150 East 22nd Street in Tucson. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, Whatever your hockey needs are, see our three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style. Available at our two locations, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, as well as 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. For the NCHC and NCHC.TV, subscribe to NCHC.TV and catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. 
Top Golf. Play some of the world's most iconic golf courses without packing a suitcase. Find out how. See your local Top Golf Center or go to topgolf.com. Liberty University. Over 700 programs of study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state of the art campus. See us at liberty.edu. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. College Hockey West Live presented by Behind the Mask and all of the Ice Time Hockey West.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app, available for download at wherever you get your podcasts from. Search ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcasts. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Help people find it. Behind the Mask, College Hockey West Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. We will say a uh, hearty good night with a little uh, Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro tomorrow night, analytics and eyeballs. Tuesday night, we'll have a conversation, and I'm shooting. I'm trying. I'm digging. Trying to get Rico Blasian because we haven't had him uh, for a while, and I thought Rico would be a great guy to come in. He's coming out to Arizona, so if Tuesday works for him, we will try to get Rico on and, and talk about those St. Thomas Tommies, that new building, and their upcoming trip to Tempe, Arizona for the weekend. Um, in addition, um, Stephen Marsh is uh, <laughs> taking the Mullet Arena for the first time. Nice. So uh, we'll, we'll tune in to Stephen, find out what he's got to say as well. Anyway. Uh, Hold we'll on a say- second. One, one, one last quick quick note, um, um, especially since we, we just mentioned Liberty. Uh, they had one of their players, Josh Fricks. Uh, end up yeah, in, thoughts and prayers go out to him for that. You know, um, uh, had a significant injury. Um, and, you know, it was, it was shaky there for a while. And, and so far it looks like uh, he's going to do okay. But um, I don't think he's – I don't know if he's out of the woods. I don't want to say one way or the other, but uh, just – Well, the good him. news was that he spoke. His brother was there and, and recorded him speaking to the fans at LA at uh, Liberty. Okay. Well, I just, wa- just wanted to let him and the program know that we were thinking about him. And uh, – very good, good point. I I retweeted and sent some prayers out on uh, on the uh, Twitter machine as well. Right. So I just wanted to make sure we got that in. Yep. Good stuff. All right. We'll say goodnight, little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody. <laughs>